Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. We partnered with Onyx and the Game and Fish Commission, and we're looking for landlocked parcels of public land that don't have any dedicated access to them. We're going to work on trying to get those opened up. Supposedly about 28,000 acres of that in Arkansas. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome back to the Ozark Podcast. You've got Kyle Veet on the mic as always, and I am joined by co-host of the show, Mr. Kyle Plunkett. How are you? Mr. Kyle Plunkett. It's uh, doing good. Yeah? It's been, I guess, a couple of weeks since I was able to co-host. I missed uh, last week's episode with you. Um, and that was a good one. It, it was a good one. We've been braving the cold and the ice here in Northwest Arkansas. By the time this gets to y'all and in your ears, it will hopefully be a lot warmer. Hopefully <laughs> so. All of the nasty that we've been living through the past couple of weeks uh, will, will be gone, and it will be nice and warm and ready for spring. Dude, I can't wait to go outside and get some fishing in, be outside, just enjoy the sunshine. I'm getting pasty and pale. I just need to get some sun on me, man. It's that cold weather depression. It's real. Absolutely. Uh, today, we have a really cool episode for you guys. This is someone who you've heard from be- before. Uh, James Brandenburg joined us for this episode. He is the president of the Arkansas Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Organization, uh, the Arkansas chapter, mm-hmm. and um, just an awesome guy. It's a fantastic episode, too. Yeah. A lot of things that I thought going into it, I might have already heard and was surprised by how much I learned. Frankly. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it's a really cool episode. Yeah. Every time we sit down with James, we learn something. Um, so always happy to, to have him on. Um, it's at the end of the episode, but he talks about an event they've got coming up called Black Bear Bonanza. They've done it in the past. BHA has. And some amazing, amazing, you know, guests coming, opportunities, mm-hmm. activities, educational things going on. Um you know, some big, if you can think of some big Ozark names, they will probably be there. They will definitely be there, um, I would imagine. So bring your kids, bring your family. It's, it should be a family, you know, uh, event. And uh, yeah, check out the episode. We've got James Brandenburg of BHA on the phone with us tonight. And um, if you guys missed the first episode with James... Go back. I, I just went back and looked. It's episode 26, and we covered some really good stuff. You can hear more in depth about, like, what BHA is and some of the stuff that they've worked on in the past. But um, not to not to go into too much detail now, but, James, if you don't mind just giving us a brief overview of, of BHA and, and um, what it is, what, what your role is in, in the organization, and, um, and we'll, we'll just start there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me back on. Uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers is the voice for wild public lands, waters, and wildlife in North America. That's, you know, the simple tagline. We're a boots-on-the-ground 
primarily policy-driven organization, but we do a lot of good effort uh, on the ground as well. So, you know, when it comes to helping pass legislation that's favorable to conservation, um, people might be familiar with the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Most recently, there was an act called the Great American Outdoors Act that we really worked hard. Um, Our members generated something like, I want to say like 40,000, it might be even more than that, um, phone calls and emails and stuff to Washington, D.C. in support of that. And it just provided all kinds of great conservation funding, um, did, did a lot of different great things for conservation in America. So that's, um, that's kind of what we do on a national level. Then each state chapter really has... Uh, autonomy and ability to, I guess, kind of lean into the things that are important to them locally. So the Arkansas chapter right now is really focused on a a few things here in the state. One of them is uh, we're in a legislative session right now, so we're paying attention to any potential legislation that might impact conservation, whether that's funding or rules or mechanisms, anything like that. So we're watching out for that. Um, We work pretty closely with the Game and Fish Commission on a number of projects here in Arkansas. So um, that can be anything from, uh, we have a mobility impaired hunt that we do in conjunction with the Forest Service and the Game and Fish Commission. Um, we, We do access initiatives, uh, public land packouts, cleanups, um, habitat work, just, you know, try to be good partners as much as we can uh, on things that, that need volunteer support or need people to call and, and you know, raise their voices in support of something. Uh, that's, that's the kind of stuff that we do. Um, we also just like to have fun. So sharing our skills, <laughs> teaching people who are new to the outdoors. Um, we try to try to get them involved as well and, and make them feel comfortable because, you know, not everybody knows what to do when you go out to the national forest, what you can and can't do, where you can and can't go. Yeah, right. Um, and, and so we do stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah. I did want to ask before we get too much further, I remember talking to you, last we talked was last fall and you had a hunt coming up that you had drawn a permit for to go hunt uh, a WMA over in, I think like North central Arkansas, um, Madison County. Yep. Madison yeah, County. I, got, I, I drew, um, permits to hunt. I drew both a muzzleloader and a rifle permit for, for Madison County WMA. Okay. And where are you speaking of just on, on the topic of doing something new and kind of going to try something new and getting out there? Um, were you successful? Did you learn some things along the way, how to do it? How, how did that experience go? So my muzzleloader permit was in early November, right before general rifle season opened. And I had a four-corn buck come in right in front of my where I was sitting on the opening morning, and I missed. I just completely missed with my muzzleloader. I mean, it was like 25 yards. Muzzleloaders are, are so tough for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It... You know, and and then I really didn't see much else in terms of deer the rest of the hunt, but I did find a bear that I just 
stumbled upon no while I was out there. And, and that got me really excited. So I was kind of yeah. on a, a combo deer bear hunt um, during that. And I don't want to go into too many details because, you know, as far as I know, that bear is still out there running around. So, so you, didn't, you didn't shoot the bear. I did not stumbled shoot into the bear. Him, I just had the one shoot, encounter. Shoot but, the bear. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I'll tell you the funny story of kind of how I thought maybe there was a bear around is like I, I hiked out this ridgeline that I hadn't been on at all um, one morning and I sat down um, to just kind of, well, I was going to sit there and hunt for a little while and just see what happened. Yeah. And about... 8 39 o'clock i was like okay i'm kind of hungry kind of bored it's time to time to do my shuffling around eat a snack make some coffee or whatever <laughs> i turn around and realize that you know long story short i had basically almost set my backpack down in a pile of bear scat i didn't even see it whenever i sat down and it was steaming fresh oh. brand new wow <laughs> and so i was like well hmm and eventually then i went looking around um, on that same ridge line in a, in a different place. And, and sure enough, I mean, I turn around and the bear is just staring at me. No and way. I was like, how, how close is was that he? a bear? <laughs> so how close was cool. he looking at you? I was, I think I was about 25 or 30 yards oh, from it. Man, It was on a ridge line um, or on a bluff line. And I had hiked kind of hiked past it. And then I was getting warm, so I stopped to take a couple layers off, and I turned around and saw it. And before I could really get my wits about me and, and have a shot, because I did check before I went out there. It would have been legal for me. Okay. Um, it disappeared, like literally va just vanished. Um, and I went and looked up where it was, and I could clearly see where it had been. It was a very well-defined just mm. hanging out spot wow and um so i tried to find it some more and i found some more sign of it but i never did get on it <sighs> so that was a muzzleloader hunt okay then the rifle permit was in early december and i went right back to the same spot i just had this terrible time getting out there i didn't get to scout at all and so I was like, well, I'm just going to go back where I know. So I went right back to the same spot where I had missed with my muzzle loader. Yeah. And opening morning of the rifle permit, I had a little spike buck just, you know, kind of the same deal. I was like, man, I'm, that opening morning of that hunt was super cold. So I got up to kind of move around and um, had to go to the bathroom and took my rifle with me, thankfully, because right after I turned around to walk back to where I was sitting, this buck just comes trotting along, like oblivious to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I looked at it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. I, <laughs> I want venison in the freezer. Yeah. And, um, and I had missed a really nice buck on my family's property in Missouri during the general rifle season up there. Okay. So I was, you're ready you know, to I was put looking for redemption ground. basically. <laughs> yeah. So I just drew a bead on that one and, and dropped him right, pretty much right there. He ran for about 30 yards, but you know, he was mortally wounded Yeah, for sure. So that was my first ever buck. Um, 
on public land. First, first deer that I've ever killed in Arkansas. I've always, cause I'm, you know, a later in life hunter. So I've always hunted in Missouri. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, I mean, I've always deer hunted in Missouri. I've, I've hunted a bunch in Arkansas, but it's never been successful. Yeah. And so that was my first buck in Missouri, my first, or my first buck in Arkansas, my first public land deer. Um, and I was just super ecstatic for it. And that is a, that can, that rifle hunt can be very, very difficult. There were oh, definitely just a handful of deer taken on that whole five day hunt. So oh, really? I was pretty thankful for it. Well, that's cool, man. It seems fitting that the, the president of, of the Arkansas chapter of BHA went out, hunted public land, took a public land buck off of it, his, his first public land buck. So congrats on that. Um, Thank you. That, that's exciting stuff. What what else since then, since we talked last, so you went hunting, but what's been going on with BHA? What what have you guys kind of been up to um, since, since the fall or since the summer really was when the last time we did that episode? Um, yep. And since we talked about Pine Tree, which quick plug before we get into that pine tree the research station um is a really really cool story and if you guys haven't heard that story and you want to get into the the details of it again episode 26 make sure you go back and check that out really really cool and it, and it was a story that made it very like tangible for me of oh well public lands are under threat not just out west in, in alaska where the oil leases are coming in like these things can happen in our backyard and at home mm-hmm. um so quick plug for that. If, if you want to add anything to that, you're, you're welcome to. But, but what's been going on since then? Yep. Yeah, so everything's still going well um, with Pine Tree. No issues there. Um, so since last summer, uh, you know, we get pretty quiet, if you will, in the fall. Of course, we had our, um, you know, in September, we had Public Lands Month. And we did a few public land packouts for that. We had uh, a really successful event in central Arkansas um, around the Lake Winona watershed. And um, our one of our board members down there, Mark Izzard, coordinated with it, several different agencies. And, and the reason he had to do that is because he wanted to get, he found an illegal tire dump. Okay. Hmm. And... <clears throat> I don't know, you know, if you want to take tires, if it, getting rid of illegally disposed tires is very difficult. Um, Why? It it has to do with, you know, all the regulations that go around, um, you know, people used to just pile them all up. And of course, then they would leach chemicals and become a nuisance, like mosquito infested areas okay. and, and all of that kind of stuff. Or people would set them on fire, and that, you know that's a huge problem. So, um, when you when you try to get rid of tires, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. It's basically re- hazardous waste. You're disposing of hazardous waste. Okay. And there's yeah. a bunch of rules about how you, what you can do with them after you collect them. Um, we pay, you know, every time you buy a new tire, you pay a fee for the dis- future disposal of that tire. Hmm. So oh, these are a bunch that. of tires that who knows if any fees have been paid and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. So we had to coordinate with the Forest Service, um, Solid Waste District, county judges, Central Arkansas Water. And, and almost like at the last minute, this thing almost didn't happen because he just couldn't get it all coordinated and somebody came through and 
got it set up. Pulled 140 tires out of this ravine. <clears throat> um, you know, had some people show up with winches and and really help out. There's at least another 140 tires in that ravine. No way. They're going to go back in there um, sometime this spring and get them out of there. Wow. Golly. So a ton. That, was a, that was a really successful event that we did. Um, and then... You know, it's it's crazy because we do this stuff and and we scramble and, and work to get it around and then we just move on to the next thing. Um, so, you know, that's that's probably the biggest stuff that we had in the fall. We had our public land beer out there um, from Ozark Beer Company. The oh, yeah. Re- really oh. good beer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could. I, I would say thank you. It, it I don't, I had no say in it. It was just like, they're going to, you let the experts do what the experts do. Yeah, sure. You know, the goal there was, was, hey, let's have something that's easy to drink that would be great for the fall. And, and they really came through. So, well, James, I'll I'll say um, this real quick. I, I don't, I don't go buy beer all that often, but it was kind of fun walking by the beer aisle in my just local harps where I do most of my grocery shopping because it's close to our house. And seeing the BHA logo and partnership and all of that, and and honestly being like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know the guy who <laughs> who does that and who uh, who gets really excited about Arkansas public lands. And it was maybe the first time in just I don't know the the broader like sphere of the world. I can I, I don't know the economics of beer and everything else going. I actually have a connection to that, and that's kind of cool. Not that we did anything from the Ozark podcast. No. Just like, oh, we know him. He's he's one of our buddies, and uh, I don't know. Great logo. It looked awesome. The beer was good. Yeah, it was, it was they they really cool knocked it out of the park for us. And of course, the, you know they donated a, a portion of that uh, to the Arkansas chapter for mm-hmm. that. So there's, you know, some cool carryover from that. And um, I think we're gonna have that. Uh, when we talk about Black Bear Bonanza here in a little bit, um, I do think that we're going to have that beer at Black Bear Bonanza. Um, Ozark is is providing beer for that for us again this year. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, what well, I definitely we want to talk about that um, for sure. I think yep. honestly, you know, going back to what you said, Kyle, before we had talked with you and just kind of you know hearing about BHA, I don't know that I would have known what that what that was. You know, walking through Walmart and seeing that on the shelf or something like that. You know, you, I just would have been like, oh, cool, public lands beer. Not really sure what that is, but um, it's a cool story. And just, yeah, a, again, really cool that, that that made it into production and out into the world. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a, a project that was kind of a long time in the making, but mm. um, we have one of our board members um, who's really, really good friends with the folks up there at Ozark and they've been really good to us. You know, they host us for pint nights and, and, you know, give us a space to do stuff from time to time. And, um, and, and, you know, Ozark is also really, I mean, I think they care about the community. They do a lot of good things for a lot of different groups in the community. And, and this was their chance to do something great for us, which, you know, we're very appreciative of. And I think, um, I can't, we got a lot of stuff in the work, works right now that I can't give away all the details for because they're not quite all finalized yet. But yeah. I think we'll see, uh, I, I believe that we will see some uh, recurrence of our partnership with Ozark in 2023. Mm, that's good. That's good to so, hear. That's good to hear. So yep. 
what what else then? What what's going on? What's you know what's happening in the world of Ozark and, and Arkansas public lands? Um, what's new with your chapter and and kind of what are you guys working on right now? Yep, the you know as we as we move into twenty twenty three, we just had our board planning retreat for the year a few weeks ago, and some things that we laid the groundwork for in twenty twenty two are starting to come to fruition. So the first one of those. Um, that I want to talk about is uh, an illegal OHV usage reward program. So places where people are using four-wheelers or off-highway vehicles illegally on public land, BHA has a reward program for that. And last year, we kind of started getting it all set up to be able to put signs out um, in places where it's a problem really? on, let's say national forest or, uh, WMAs in our, it, um, you know, game and fish commission properties. Reward meaning putting up signage slash helping you stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So not so rewarding the, the illegal use of <laughs> <laughs> right. Re- rewards for prosecution, <laughs> Re- rewarding the, the, the partnership with you guys and Arkansas game and fish and bringing light to that, to that issue. Gotcha. Yep. Got yep. It. On that, what what is the reward? Like, that's not five hundred dollars, five hundred bucks, so, and that's not BHA yep. doesn't pay that, right? That's that's coming from Game and Fish. No, that's coming from BHA. Oh, really? Yep. You guys will pay people five hundred dollars to report illegal use. Yep. If it leads to a conviction, absolutely. Okay. So, um, what we need is uh, <clears throat> basically identifying information for the. Um, you know, for the, you know, take a picture of the trailer, the vehicle, the, you know, if you see the OHV out there, um, you know, it's got to be information that leads to a conviction. But there's a, the signs show how to report that. Okay, got it. And That's pretty um, cool. I didn't know that. Yep, yep. So that's that's program that we're working on. Um. Another thing that we started working on last year that's really coming to fruition this year is we partnered with Onyx and the Game and Fish Commission, and we're looking for landlocked parcels of public land that don't have any dedicated access to them. <clears throat> and then we're going to work on trying to get those opened up. Okay. You know, there's supposedly about 20, 28,000 acres of that in Arkansas. Now, no way. That was based on a study that Onyx did and with TRCP, I think, Teddy Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Mm-hmm. And how do you know how they identify that? I mean, 28,000 acres of landlocked land, how, how do they even begin to kind of cir- <clears throat> circle that block of land or, or anything like that? They look at, um, they'll look at all the parcel data and then they've got some proprietary stuff that they won't share. Yeah, sure. Um, Their secret. You know, there's, that was, uh, honestly, that part of getting everything set up is signing confidentiality agreements and stuff like that. The NDA was signed. Yep, got yep. Um, and they don't tell us what they do. They just have some magic dust that they sprinkle on the data and it tells them where the stuff <laughs> is, I guess. Gotcha. But, but basically, yeah, so, you know, their research shows 28,000 acres. We called the Game and Fish Commission. We said, hey, we want to work on this. We need a partner. 
they, they're like, we're all about unlocking this land. Onyx um, shared the information with the Game and Fish Commission. AGFC now is going through scrubbing all the ownership information and groundproofing the data to make sure, like, is this really landlocked? Okay. Is it, um, does it really touch? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we'll come up with a list of stuff that, you know, places that we think maybe, you know, priority list of where we can work on. And we'll go to work, see if we can find willing sellers. And I mean, and BHA is not made of money. Like our primary mission has, has been policy work. It's been, um, and when we say policy work, that's like legislation and rules mm-hmm. and regulations. Right. And then boots on the ground, you know, habitat work, removing fences, picking up trash, stuff like that. Yeah. When it comes to acquisitions, this is brand new territory for BHA. But is that for all of BHA or for the Arkansas chapter of BHA? All of BHA. So y'all are forging new ground even in, even in the, oh, that's amazing. Because even the, the policy or even the procedure that you could set in Arkansas could be a formula used in Wyoming or Colorado or something like that for like, okay, this is working. Let's go ahead and implement it across all BHA chapters. Yep. Yeah. It's a huge deal. And remember, you know, the the cool thing about BHA is that it's, it's kind of a choose your own adventure organization. So Mm -hmm. what works really well, what, what motivates um, our membership in Arkansas may not be the same thing that motivates somebody in another state, yeah. which is fine. Like the great thing is that we kind of have that freedom to pick within a certain range of things. Mm-hmm. This was something that we felt as a board that was really important for us, especially coming off the pine tree situation. Absolutely. It was like, let's be proactive and go out there and see if we can open up some new ground. And it dovetails really well with the Game and Fish Commission's Natural State Tomorrow uh, five-year strategic plan because they mm-hmm. want to add 5,000 acres of public land in Arkansas over the next five years. Yeah. So if we can find places to do that, um, that's great. And uh, another thing that we have not, I can't give all the, I can't give many, many of the details yet at all, but we found the first one. And we're working on it right now. That's so awesome. it's really, really exciting to to be able to um, provide full dedicated legal access to a piece of property that hasn't had it before. Yeah, mm. man, that is so cool. So, so without getting maybe into into too much of the details, like the just the general strategy. What what is the so once you acquire the land that opens up the the access? Do you turn that into like a conservation easement do you give it away do you donate it like what what does that look like the the end goal would be um it's not would not be for bha to buy and hold property Mm -hmm. that's we don't want to be in that business okay Mm -hmm. yeah you're not a real Um, estate development type organization. exactly and and there's other great great organizations whose mission really revolves around that yeah and so um, I would say that our primary objective is to act as a facilitator. And if we, f- if we can find a 
partnership of people who can bring funding to the table or a mechanism, you know, whether that's a conservation easement or an outright purchase or a donation even. Yeah. <clears throat> and we can find the the end goal agency to take to to take ownership of that property. Um you know, it might be it might be the Game and Fish Commission. It might be the Natural Heritage Commission. It could be a state park. It could mm-hmm. be the Forest Service. You know, <clears throat> there's a lots lot of, of different, different organizations that could do that. Gotcha, gotcha, man. Yeah, that is really cool. Uh, I'm excited to to hear more developments coming out of that. Um, yep. So, so those are two big things that we're working on. Another thing, you know, really the last big thing that I think is important to talk about is that we're putting the emphasis on the angler part of backcountry hunters and anglers this year. I think that's something that we've heard a a lot and we have a lot of membership that really, I mean, especially in Arkansas loves backcountry fishing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, we have great trout fisheries. Yes, we have great bass fisheries. Um, But we have some really cool places to get out and fish um, in the national forests, frankly. They're not going to be, you know, we don't want to blow up the spots. We're not trying to send armies of people out to, to, (laughs) To one fishing hole. (laughs) Blow up the fishing hole, exactly. Yeah. The idea here is to start really highlighting all the different ways that you can can fish and recreate on public water in Arkansas. Because, I mean, think about it. All the lakes, mm-hmm. all the rivers, the creeks, you know, that's that's public water. And, um, and so we have uh, our very first public waters chair, Rick Spicer, who uh, a lot of people will be familiar with Rick. Um, He's, I mean, Rick is like the most Renaissance backcountry guy that you could imagine. I mean, yeah. he, he's very well-versed in primitive skills and wilderness survival. He's a great hunter. He's a great angler. <clears throat> he's a great teacher. Um, I'm sure his family would say he's a great husband and father and brother and all that stuff. And he's a great Arkansas BHA board member too. Yeah. <clears throat> He's taken on this role and and he's got some things planned already for later this spring. And, um, you know, just really encourage people to keep an eye out on our social Mm. media channels for for that stuff as well. And as we get those events posted or ready to go, we will post them on social media and really start talking about them. Yeah. That uh, that gets me really excited because I I was talking with a bunch of friends from... Missouri and Texas and all these states where they maybe big game hunting is their primary thing. And even as we're talking podcast stuff, it it feels like we're always, you know, we definitely want to talk about the bear hunting and the deer hunting and the squirrel and the quail and whatever else. But it's so natural for us, especially with what Kyle and I love to do, to immediately go to fishing. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe we're just doing a bad job of trying to find the right amount of people to interview for the Ozark podcast as we're talking about all things outdoors and Really, the more we talk about it, it's like, no, the Ozarks are geared toward some some world-class fishing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we have the deer and the bear, and we have the other things that people get really excited about. But most often when people are thinking Arkansas for the outdoors, they're thinking some really, really good fisheries. 
And um, yep, I don't know. That gets me excited knowing that backcountry hunters and anglers, um, it, it probably can feel a lot of times like oh, you're just thinking backcountry hunters. Yeah, the anglers is at the end, but yeah, but to like hear y'all put an emphasis on it is is cool because yep. yeah, like Kyle said, that's like what we love to do. So. Mm-hmm. Um, more than anything. So it's, yeah, that's, yep. that's a cool focus you guys are putting on that. Yep. Yep. We've got, we've got great fisheries in the state and it's really time for us to, to highlight that and, and talk about, it. I mean, many, many, many people, you know, a lot of people's only interaction is fishing, but a lot of people start off fishing because it's so easy and so accessible. And then, and then they go on from there and get into other things. Um, and the and the but fishing in the backcountry, I mean, what's more iconic than just trying to get away from the crowds and just kind of walking up a stream bed, you know, looking for places to cast. Yeah. Literally it's, nothing. It's super fun. <laughs> nothing is more iconic. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. So I mean that's a that's a snapshot of what we have mm-hmm. going on this year besides um you know, besides Black Bear Bonanza, which is coming up here in just a little bit over a month, but yes. um, you know, the rest of the year, that's what we got going on. Gotcha. And there's one more thing before we get to Black Bear Bonanza, because um, I want to I want to finish there because that'll be exciting to talk about. The you guys last we talked, you were working on this, and I think that I think I saw something on social media. You guys have launched some local like campus chapters of BHA yep. on colleges. Um, where have you launched that, and and what what is the intention behind that? We we have one at Arkansas Tech in Russellville right now. Okay, um, we started there. We we had a, an interest an interest um, <clears throat> from a faculty advisor, Dr. Michael Bradley, down mm-hmm. there, and we had some students interested, and felt like you know if you've got fertile ground, you got to plant seeds and and see how it goes from there. So so we've started with Arkansas Tech. We would welcome the opportunity to start chapters at any other colleges in the state where, you know, as long as we, I think the recipe for success is that we need a a faculty advisor and we need a handful of students who are willing to, to put in the work to get it, to get the chapter going. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Arkansas tech is the first one. It's the only one in Arkansas right now, but we've got 30 or 40 around the country as a, you know, as a nationwide organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Arkansas Tech is, uh, uh, we're f- kind of feeling it out. I, I wouldn't say that we've been, I wouldn't define it as hugely successful yet, but we are still trying. Yeah. We're still working at it. It's year one. Um, and Say that again? Year one. I mean, there's some kinks yep. to, to figure out yeah. with anything. Yep, that, that's exactly it. And, and, Uh, What I, in fact, we were talking about this today. What I heard was that student organizations have struggled a little bit in the wake of COVID anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, we're hoping that we we keep it going. We keep revising strategy and and keep pushing on it, and and that one will get going. And meanwhile, you know, look for other places. If if anybody's listening from. Fayetteville or Fort Smith or, you know, wherever, (laughs) wherever in the state that, uh, you know, they might have a university that they are, that they want to have at college chapter, let us know. Because, I mean, this is, this is a, 
this is not necessarily a, an Arkansas BHA initiative. This is a nationwide initiative. And okay. so there's national uh, staff to help support that and help get it going. And, and, and Kylie Schumacher is the, is the one who leads that for BHA nationally. And she's great. She's so fun to work with and so helpful for the students and the faculty advisors to get it going. Very cool. That's yeah, no, that's, that's exciting. I'm, I'm sure we've got a few people down in Fayetteville listening to this. And if you're a student at the U of A or, I mean, even some of our buddies who are still down there. I, say, I wish we weren't multiple years removed now. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be real easy if we were a couple years out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. There's, I know there's some guys listening who are on the U of A campus. Yeah. Potentially get really excited about something like this. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Now, finally, let's get to let's get to Black Bear Bonanza. We've been. Yeah, I feel like you've been teasing this really well. Hard. I know we have. Let's <laughs> let's let's hit it because um, I'm it, excited about it. It's coming up. I'm excited about it. You've got some big stuff going on. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know what it is, what, talk to us about it. Okay, Black Bear Bonanza 2023. It's March 4th at the Benton County Quail Barn in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is out Highway 72 west of Bentonville, and. Um, we did it there last year, so anybody who attended last year is the same place. Uh, it'll be nine to five on that Saturday, March fourth. So like an and all all day thing, all day thing. Ten dollars gets you in the door. Um, Twelve and under is free this year. Last year we had a family ticket, and we just decided, hey, let's let's let the we let's not do that. You know, ten bucks. It's yeah. ten bucks to get in. If you're under twelve, you get in for free. It's super family friendly. Okay. Um, so we'll have all kinds of different, um, exhibits and we, ha we have a lot of more vendor support this year. Mm. So I'll talk about the sponsors here in a minute, but you know, lots of educational stuff, um, game and fish commission and, uh, Arkansas game and fish foundation are both coming and bringing a bunch of activities and educational material for the kids. We will have, um, once again, Myron Means, who's the large carnivore biologist with the Game and Fish Commission, will be there. Yeah, he'll be there all day, <clears throat> and we have a, a, some time set aside for him to do Q and A and maybe make a presentation on the state of uh, bears in Arkansas. Yeah, he Myron just, is. We got to interview him. He's a super cool guy. The first time I ever called him on the phone to say, "Hey, we want to talk to you," I was like, "What's going on, man?" He's like, "Oh, I just." I just caught a big bear. I'm going to let it go. I'm like, dude, you have the coolest job on the planet. So for him to be there just to talk about black bears and everything that he knows, uh, that'll be, that in itself would be cool just to come hear him, you know, speak on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. And I just got word earlier this week that um, Dr. Jen Ballard, who is the veterinarian for the Game and Fish Commission, mm. she's been she's got a research team that's been doing some work here in the state. Cause you know, we have some, all is not perfect with the bear population in Arkansas. We've got a little bit of, um, of a mange problem starting to pop up in the Ozarks. Okay. Myron probably talked to don't you guys about that. that. Yeah. Don't love that. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> and so they've been doing some research. I don't know for sure if that's what, what it is, but I, I heard that they want to come and, and also, um, do some presentation during the event. So super excited about that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Then 
Um, we're going to repeat a couple of things that were really fun and successful last year. The First thing is the world, we're calling it the world famous owl hoot contest. I don't know if it's world famous, but that's what we're calling it. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Yep. <clears throat> so, so we'll have the world famous owl hoot contest this year. Um, Brent Reeves is going to emcee that for us. And Clay Newcomb is going to be one of the judges. Awesome. And hot off the press, Anne-Marie Doremus, who is a Game and Fish commissioner, is going to be another judge for us no this way. year. So It's a good judge judging cast. <clears throat> oh, oh, absolutely. Off the line. Absolutely. James, do you feel like you have a pretty good owl hoot? No, no, I have a terrible <laughs> I was going to ask you to do it really, Mike, but if you said it's no good, we won't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, especially not with the frog that I have in my throat right now. <laughs> Earlier, I'd yeah. probably sound more like a terrible crow call than i would <laughs> hey that works for turkeys too man <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true so we're gonna do the owl hoot contest the winner this year gets a coonskin cap you know not uh, custom made uh from raccoons trapped or or hunted right here uh in the ozarks Beautiful. so that's super cool yeah very cool and then um, Clay is going to record another Bear Grease Render podcast live oh, at man. the event this year. That's awesome. Then we're doing some new stuff this year that we're really excited about. So we wanted to get it more educational around food and the idea of, number one, using the resources that we have, like bears, yeah. uh, for food and making that connection for people because – with all the people who are moving into the area, you know, they may not be familiar with with hunting. They may not be familiar with wild game as food and some of the ethics that we that we hold. And so we are gonna do both a wild game butchering demo. Rick Spicer is gonna do that for us. And he's done this on several occasions in different venues. And so, you know, just basically, you know, you've got an animal. What do you do with it now? You yeah. know, how can you how can you take this and make it into food for yourself? Yeah. Um it we won't be we won't be doing like the field dressing part of it. You know, that's just Im- almost impossible to do. Like, <laughs> You'd have to like really that, time but- getting a, a dough or something and then freeze it for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, and then free- yeah. Guess, yeah, that's yeah. after hunting season, aren't yeah. you? Yep. So, but but then, you know, breaking it down into the muscle groups and, and all that kind of stuff. So Rick's going to do that. Yeah, that's super, just on that real quick, that's super important because I feel like there's a lot of people, kids who grow up and, you know, they don't make the connection of like, oh, that chicken in my fridge came from an animal and like if I had chickens, I could have meat and, you know, make food for myself and, mm-hmm. you know, just all, all that, that connection. It seems basic. It seems like obvious, but to some people it's like, oh no, that's a totally just weird idea to think that that living animal is, could be food and, and it's, that connection is okay. And that's, you know, what it was made for. Or, or even how many yeah. hunters have never <clears throat> processed their own game. Yeah, that's um, true. Yep. Like I think game processing is a, is a very important thing. So I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that would put anybody out of business, but um, I, I know a ton of hunters who have, they have shot and field dressed a deer and then they've never touched it past that. And yeah. so they have no idea, you know, what they're eating or what they're getting it from. Um, mm-hmm. They don't, you know, you say backstrap to them and they're like, well, that's just the best cut to eat, but they may not 
unless they, you know, they know their stuff, but there's, I'm sure there's people out there who don't know what that cut even is or where it comes from or why it's the best cut of meat or anything like that. Um, from the venison yep. that they got on their hunting property, that yeah. kind of thing, which I don't know that's super important. You're totally right. Yeah. I, I can think of a, a couple of friends of mine right now who have every single time they, they just pay for it because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. And like you said, game processors are important, but yeah, I don't know that they would know where the, the tenderloin is or, or the backstrap or what, you know, around a, a round of eye or where the jerky meat comes from or anything like that is like, oh, that's just never, never had that chance mm-hmm. to see that cut of the meat or, or dive into it with my yeah. own hands. And, and there's a lot of people too who are super intimidated by the thought of what, they might be very interested in, in hunting whatever it is. You know, it could be small game, it could be birds, it could be a large game like a deer, but they're super intimidated by the fact of what do they do? What do I do with it after I, mm. after I kill it? You know, I'm interested, I'd love to be able to do it, but I don't know the first thing about how to even acquire that skill. Yeah. And so uh, we want to make that stuff approachable and, and create a, a platform for people to ask questions and, and make connections, you know. A lot of times hunting mentorship is not just a one-time transaction. It it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of um, trust, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so to be able to maybe be in a venue where, hey, it's cool. If you don't know what's going on, here's there's people all around you who who do know and we'll help answer your questions and maybe we'll f- just organically create some of those relationships that in turn welcome new hunters into the outdoors mm. and teach them the skills that they need to be ethical and successful in what they do. So that's a that's a big part of, of what we wanted to do with, with this year's event was start to break those barriers down. Got mm-hmm. it, yeah. So getting a bear is a little bit tough it is tough <laughs> especially in march yeah um so we're gonna do a deer i love it fair enough now that i and, mean that and really that will is be... so important you think about how many people may may move in from out of state who get curious about what arkansas has to offer and they don't have you know a granddad or a dad or a great aunt or somebody who's really good at finding pursuing hunting taking and butchering wild game and they may go i, I really want to jump into this world and like I want to be a BHA member and I want to actually contribute to the wild game in, in Arkansas. And I want to kind of, you know, put my roots down here and make this home. And they're approaching it with like, but I have no idea what to do maybe other than what I find on YouTube. Yeah. And just the, yeah. the, the bar to entry there is so high. And uh, I think what y'all are doing, even with something as simple as of here's how you butcher a large game is really, really important. I think that's, I don't know. That's really exciting to me. Yeah, for it's sure. really cool. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time. I don't remember if it was on the first time we recorded or the second time we recorded, or yeah. <laughs> maybe both times. But but we you know, we talked about this idea of all these people who are moving into the area and you know, welcome to the area. This is what we're all about. It's our responsibility, the ones of us who have been here a little while longer, to transmit our culture hmm. to these people and help us keep this place great. And part of what makes it great is our love of the outdoors and our respect for what it provides and our desire to shepherd that mm. into the future. Yeah. And so this is a great, I mean, for us, this is Black Bear Bonanza is, is the venue for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll have the, the butcher, 
So we'll have the butchering, and then once you, well, you know, once you've got meat, what are you going to do with it? Well, you got to cook it. You got to eat it up. Yes, sir. Yep. So very, very excited that we're going to have Jonathan Wilkins from Black Duck Revival. Um, he is going to come up and do a cooking demo, and we've managed to get some people who had successful bear hunts last year to agree to donate some of their meat for him to make super easy, approachable, and 100% safe um, bear meat that people will get to try the day of the event. Oh, man. That's amazing. That's cool. (laughs) So Jonathan's going to just walk through a couple of easy preparations, answer questions. Um, We'll, you know, we'll have it all set up and, and make sure everything is... Is totally, you know, because the thing with bear meat is you've got to make sure and cook it to the right temperature. Yeah, isn't it trigonosis or something like that? that yep, that trigonosis. You, yeah, that you can that you can get if it's not prepared properly. Yep, and so you know they say you've got to hit 160 degrees internal temperature. Different sources you listen to will give you, you know, it might be. Maybe it's at 140 for this amount of time. It's 160 for less amount of time. Let's just say it's 160. Yeah. That seems to be a good agreed upon number, 160, 165. And um, do your own research if you do manage to get a bear and make sure that you're being safe with it. Yeah. I don't think you want to get trichinosis. But, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely but yeah, we'll we'll give people the opportunity. If they want to try bear meat and see what it's all about, um, we're going to... We're gonna do it. That's awesome, James. Do y'all do y'all need any more bear meat? Because I have a I have a few few pieces left in the old freezer. If y'all need some help, um, <laughs> I will let you know. Please actually. do. <laughs> Shoot me a text. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we have it covered, but I need to check with Jonathan and find out how much <laughs> how much does he actually want to cook. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, um. So we've done that. Um, let's see. Make sure I cover everything. We've got the, the Owl Hoot, the Render Podcast, the the um, butchering, the food. The vendors. You haven't mentioned the vendors. 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 Yep. Okay. So we've been super blessed this year. Um, we've had some some early sponsorships pop up. Vortex and Umarex. So Vortex, the optics company, and Umarex is the air gun company that's based in Fort Smith. Yeah. <clears throat> and they both stepped forward to sponsor us um, at the gold level, which has allowed us to go out in advance and rent. We're going to have a big tent outside this year. So we didn't have, you know, we just had the inside venue last year. And then everybody that was outside was outside. Yeah. Well, we're going to rent a big tent for this year. And then we have um, Nat Gear, the camo company that's based in Little Rock, mm-hmm. will be up and, and um, we'll have a booth. And Vortex and Umarex will have booths. And then we'll have a bunch of the local conservation groups and other groups that are mm. really working conservation in the area. Uh, several of them will have informational booths out there. The Game and Fish Commission and the Game and Fish Foundation stuff will be out there. Um, let's see, Monogram Foods is another one, and Vista Outdoors is another one. Vista Outdoors has a lot of different brands. I think they're going to highlight Bushnell. Um, okay. 
out there yeah. this year. <clears throat> and then hopefully we're working on um, just this week, we're working on a presenting sponsor. So I can't say for sure what that is yet. Okay. But we we got word back um, earlier this week that somebody wants to step up as as a presenting sponsor, which will unlock a couple of things, a couple of great things for us. We'll be able to put some really cool packages in. What we're probably going to do is have a couple of really cool things and a we'll call it a super raffle. Okay. We're kind of a limited raffle this mm. year. Um, one of you know what we're hoping to do is is a bear is another bear hunt this year as a raffle. Oh, like give away a bear so, hunt, a guided bear hunt. <clears throat> yep, yep. Cool. And then we have a custom knife that Garrett Polk made. He's another one of our huge sponsors. He's he, he's put so much sweat equity into this knife. So Clay Clay Newcomb gave us a femur bone off of one of the like the biggest bear he's ever killed in his life. Okay. That's sweet. <laughs> Garrett took that and polished it up and it looks like ivory. Oh. Made a knife handle out of it. Wow. And then made this beautiful mirror finish skinning knife. We've put pictures on it on our social media, pictures of it on our social media. Yeah. Um on Instagram. And we're going to raffle that thing off. It's Let's let's say it's twelve hundred dollars of materials. The amount of time that Garrett put into it is priceless, and then it's Clay Newcomb's bear. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's um, super cool. So we're gonna raffle that dude off, and then we might have a couple other things in there um, in the super raffle. But hopefully the bear hunt, and then and then the uh, and then that knife, and then and then we've got great other great prizes um, like giveaways, hook line and, and sinker outdoors here mm-hmm. in in. Um, you know, they've got shops in Bella Vista and right. in Rogers. They've donated another bow for us to give away this year. We're super excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, every time you sit down and start listening this, you know, listing this stuff out, you forget somebody. So yeah. super easy to find information about it. Um, I've been doing this the last couple of days. If you just Google Black Bear Bonanza, website will pop up and take you right to our right to that page love it it's www.backcountryhunters.org slash black underscore slash or black underscore bear underscore bonanza underscore 2023 got it that's the actual website but if you google black bear bonanza it's popping right up pop right up that's awesome and that's where you buy tickets you buy them online and you you have you can't buy tickets at the door you kind of you got to buy them before you can buy tickets you can buy tickets at the door okay but um we really really encourage people it'll speed up your process getting in if you buy them in advance yeah Mm -hmm. and it will help us plan make sure that we have enough food yeah Mm -hmm. got it enough uh, drinks and enough porta potties. Yes, those are the three things that we we got to make sure that we have. We got we got a frankly we got a little overwhelmed last year. We had a lot more people than we expected. <laughs> well, that's good. It's a good and problem to have. So we want to make sure we have enough of of all of that stuff to go around this year. Man, that's awesome. I'm I'm super excited for that. Definitely, we'll be clearing the schedule to to make it out there. Um, so yes, hopefully we see some listeners there, and hope we can all. <laughs> Hang out and and chat it up, and you'll be around, I'm sure, to to talk and and mingle. Yep. Yeah, I just put I it will on probably my Google calendar as we probably speak. be working the door this year. <laughs> working the door because, yeah, very good. 
So I, um, I remember, so there's one other thing that um, people will find very interesting. So Devin Pettigrew is a, is an archaeologist. Oh, that's right. Um, and he studies ancient hunters, ancient hunting techniques, and his primary focus is stone points, atlatls, and darts, and, and, and all of that. So if anybody knows what an atlatl is, it's basically like this big lever that you use to huck a big dart. <clears throat> And it was a, you know, before bow and arrow, it was a major hunting weapon of native people in North America. Yeah. So he's going to be giving a talk on ancient bear hunters and atlatls. Oh. And then he will be demonstrating how to use an atlatl. Oh, no way. At the Black Bear Bonanza. And Man. I think, I think for the, those who are adventurous, you might get a chance to try one out. Oh, I, I don't dude. know that for sure. I, I think we still got to work out the logistics on that. But There might be a waiver somewhere in here that I need to sign. <laughs> might be a waiver. <laughs> might be a waiver. But that's the other cool thing that we're, that we're bringing to the event this year. It's just, you know, as much as we can to just educate people mm-hmm. on some of the cool stuff that's out there and, and uh, just make connections for whatever, whatever the stuff is you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sounds like an awesome event. Sounds like you guys have really packed the agenda. Um, and even, you know, you kind of think at the beginning, like, nine to five, what are you going to do all day? It's like, no, there's, you've actually, you got plenty of stuff that's going to be going on. And um, oh, yeah. I'm excited to see it all, see it all come together. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yep. Yep. You guys bring the family. Um, everybody bring their family because, you know, be plenty of stuff for the kids to do. And, you know, it's 10 bucks. It's, it's pretty easy to, Get get a, a ticket for you and the spouse, and mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, and just come hang out for the day and have fun. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Well, James, it was great catching up with you. Um, great to see you again, and uh, we'll definitely plan on being there. Um, but yeah, just thanks for coming on and sharing your time and and talking about BHA and and Black Bear Bonanza. I'm sure folks will be excited about that, and hopefully they show up in droves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely appreciate the opportunity and. If anybody has any questions, you can always reach us, um, our email address, Arkansas, at backcountryhunters.org. Our Instagram is uh, at Arkansas BHA. We're on Facebook as well. Um, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. Absolutely. Awesome. We appreciate it, James. It, to our listeners, if you guys like this episode, make sure you let us know, share it with a buddy, and uh, leave us a good rating or review. We'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Kyle V and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. For guest recommendations, episode ideas, and general questions, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or email us at theozarkpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, we love making this show and being able to offer this podcast to y'all for free. But if you're listening and you want to support the Ozark Podcast to allow us to travel even further and meet more interesting people, head over to our Patreon and sign up to join our most loyal listeners. Let me tell you, these folks are 100% certified Ozarkins. And of course, we can't forget to thank our good buddy, J.D. Clayton, for providing the amazing music for today's episode. Check out his website to see where he's touring next at jdclaytonofficial.com. Now, sit back and enjoy his song, American Millionaire.